Devotional, the official Hawthorne Heights podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode. This is episode two of Get Emotional with Hawthorne Heights. We'll call episode one the pilot. So now episode two is finally here. We can safely say this is a real podcast. All right, in this episode, we just had a great conversation about a topic we all know and love and one that our band has taken very much to heart even before all of this craziness going on in the world. We had a really good time talking about it this week. Um, Also, Brian Guzmano, our friend, he is no longer a loser. He has become a winner. Listen to the podcast. You'll know what I mean. So uh, just a couple things before we get going here. Um, If you're listening to this right when it comes out, we are doing an emo bingo night on June 30th. So that's like in a couple days. Head to our web store and check that out. We're doing another emo bingo on July 2nd as well. That's in our store. Um, We're also doing a homeschool where we tell you everything you would want to know about If Only You Were Lonely, our second record. That is on July 13th, so there will be an ad for that during this episode, so stay tuned for that excitement. Um, As well as just, we have some masks, shorts, we have t-shirts, sweatpants. Uh, JT's doing a letter club where you write to him, he writes back, kind of a pen pal kind of thing. So make sure to go over to our web store and check all that stuff out. It's HawthorneHeightsStore.com. Um, so let's get into today's episode where we decided not to D-I-E and we decided to D-I-Y. The One That Got Away, February 2nd, 2009, Groundhog's Day. If you continue to do the same thing over and over, you are destined to get the same results. This is the day that we announced that Hawthorne Heights had signed with Windup Records. The brightest blue skies with darling rays of sun were waiting for us. No more gray skies. No more black clouds hanging above our heads. Instead of being label mates with Silverstein and Bayside, We were now label mates with Creed and Evanescence. We were ready for the rock star life. The silence in black and white, and if only you were lonely, had both went gold on an indie label. We had captured the small pond. It was our turn to try and capture the ocean. What we soon realized is that we would have to please the A&R guy the owners of the label, and the producer of the label, and ourselves. And they were never in complete harmony. So we spent a month demoing songs by ourselves in a cabin in Hawking Hills, Ohio, to give to our A&R man. Once we passed this checkpoint, we flew to New York City to a studio in Times Square the Wind-Up Records studio, to re-record these songs with the label execs. This took another month and $30,000. We could have bought a fucking tour van. But whatever. We were trying to swing for the fences and leave the vans and maybe even the tour buses behind. Maybe this would get us to the private jet touring like Iron Maiden. Spoiler alert, 
did not. After we finished up in New York City, it was time to finally re-re-record the album. But this time with Howard Benson. We lived like kings in Los Feliz, California, and recorded it in Hollywood. During pre-production, we were sandwiched in between the Go-Go's and Kiss, so we were in fact living the dream. It felt great. It felt right. We spent the next month soaking up the California sun, drowning in iced coffee, and gathering the best-sounding Hawthorne Heights record in the history of our band. Working with Howard Benson was a dream come true and something we didn't take lightly. When the head of the label heard the song Boy, he was so impressed with the song that I wrote about my mother passing away during our recording process. He immediately cut a check for $25,000 to add a full orchestra to it. When we turned in the masters of what would become skeletons, we did so with the smiles on our faces and pure confidence that these songs would be on the radio. We thought we had just captured our November rain. One month after its release, the owners of the record label filed for divorce from one another. All the label's assets and finances were frozen. And just like that, Skeletons was dead. We spent the next year promoting the album as a DIY band, trapped in a shiny fool's gold plated contract that was sinking us to the bottom of the ocean we were so desperately trying to capture. We were castaways. We started to view labels as giant anchors that were pulling us down to the bottom, and we were done with it. We looked each other in the eyes and said three last words. DIY or die. That was good. That took me back. What a weird time. Yeah. So uh, for you guys who don't know this, Skeletons was supposed to be our, uh, I don't want to say swan song, but it was supposed to be the time that we got to really make a record. The way that enormous bands get to make a record. Um, and we got $300,000 to do it. <laughs> and we took that $300,000, did everything we possibly could, and then the label folded. Well, we uh, we didn't take it because we never got it, but it was spent. We spent it. Yeah. <laughs> it was spent on uh, strings and other things that uh, turned out to not matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, we're super proud of that record. That record is, it, it is everything we wanted it to be. It was the first time that we wrote more songs than we needed. It was the first time that we actually shaped a real record. And so like, we can't do anything but look back on it and think, this is great. This is how, this is how a big budget Hawthorne Heights record sounds. 
So we did get that experience. Yeah, I'm excited that we have one of those. Like in, yeah. in the, and I, I like that you brought it up first because it is as a contrast to an episode about DIY, it is the exact opposite. I mean, we did it exactly. ourselves, we wrote it, but if you wanna talk about DIY, recording an album four times before you record an album is not DIY. <laughs> exactly, and that, is, that was the exact point of the story, was to start from the top of the world to show you how we have become DIY. We, we had every, this was, our wind-up contract was our way of everybody else doing this for us. You know, we had so many people working for us at that time period that we couldn't do anything but sit back and work on the songs um, and get them exactly where we wanted. And you know what? We were getting everything. We, were, we had health insurance. We had monthly stipends to work on music. And that's why we got one of the best Hawthorne Heights records is because we didn't have to worry about anything other than continuously working on music and recording it. So we weren't worried about playing shows. We weren't worried about like trying to pay our bills. They were already paid for us. And that's, you know, that's why that record sounds like that. And um, so in order to get to the bottom, you have to start all the way to the top and the layers in between, that is where DIY comes in. But I, I need everybody to go listen to that album and listen to the song boy and imagine how many times you have to listen to that song to get $30,000 worth of strings. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, that was one of those moments where like, when, when the guy says we're going to spend a shitload of money, you just say, yes, you don't say like now I would fight that. I don't want to spend this money. Please do not spend this money. Uh, and pure noise would be like strings. What the hell are you guys talking about strings? Um, but at this time period, it was like, oh, you believe in this record so much, you're going to spend another $30,000 on one bridge, one song. Uh, you're clearly going to market the record then, right? Nope. Yeah, a little inside baseball. I don't know if you were thinking this when that was being done, JT, but I was definitely thinking this. Every dollar they spent... I was guaranteeing that that was basically a dollar spent on making the album huge. Because yeah. if you spend tons of money, you've got to think in a good business, you would, I don't know, this might blow somebody's mind, try to make your money back, right? That's what I was thinking. Uh, and the more they spend, the more they got to spend to make their money back. However, yep. however that is not how that plan, <laughs> that played out. <laughs> but we got yeah. a cool, cool record. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that, Back to back, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hate was right after that, right? Yes, it okay. was. It is kind of cool. Back to back, we have essentially the five star dining of albums, and then right after the mac and cheese of Burger albums. King. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is kind of cool that back to back we got those two things. So very um, interesting. Yeah, and man, that was a wild ass time. That was. A that's the only time that we've ever felt like Bon Jovi. You know what? Do you remember that? Do you remember that uh, that really expensive Chinese restaurant that we went to? Oh yeah, definitely. I I still hear about that on podcasts. People are like, "Oh, back in the back room of whatever that place is called." They Mr. Chow's. That's it. They still talk about like 
basically a bunch of rappers that rappers go there. And I hear them talk about it on podcasts, yeah. Instagram, like that's the spot for like some, some dealings of label stuff of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's funny that that place I'm like, Oh, I remember I've been there. What's really yeah. crazy. What's really crazy is like, I've been to a couple of studios with you guys, but I went to that studio in, in Manhattan. That is the nicest place I've ever been in that has recording stuff. It is immaculate. And that's probably not even their main studio, is it? That wasn't well, the, that's, that's where we did demos. Yeah, I that's know. That's the demo and, studio. And, and that was the nicest place I've ever been in studio-wise. And you did demos there. That's yeah. crazy. And that's the, uh, there's, there's a uh, shot of Tupac in a stretcher. Tupac got shot in the elevator. So if you ever see of a picture building? of, yep. Yeah. If you ever see a picture of Tupac in a stretcher that after getting shot in an elevator, it was that exact elevator we were going up every day. That's crazy. Which is, which was, that was my favorite part of the whole process of being like, oh my God, I've seen that picture so many times. So, yeah. But it was, it was right wild. there. Yep. So, all right. So we got to go, we've got to go with what everybody's been doing this week. And by the way, Poppy, you're first because last week, I said, okay, what's everybody doing, been doing? And you go, how about you go? And I had to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't so, expect that. Yeah, and then I had to edit the podcast and listen to me sound like an idiot over and over right off the jump. <laughs> so, Poppy, now that I've nicely given you enough time to think by doing my little monologue there, what have you been doing this week? Uh, this week, I did a little bit of building. I rebuilt my bed frame and, uh, you know, worked in the garden. Did I talk about Marley graduating? No, like, you didn't at all. I, you know, my son graduated high school like two weeks ago. So, you know, I did that whole thing. I have now a full-fledged adult who still lives with me. It's kind of <laughs> cool. But, you know, uh, <laughs> yesterday I literally DIY'd it. I got the saw out, the hammer, the paint, the nails, and I built some shit, man. It was great. Nice. Mark, yeah. hit, hit me with it. What you been doing? Dude. I just learned 8 million songs for our songs campaign. That's all I was I've gonna, been doing. I was going to mention that right off the bat. If anybody watched Mark and JT, give it up for them because they killed it. It looked great. sounded great. Good job. It was, uh, it was cool, but we worked really hard. That's pretty much the entire last week and about half of the, the prior week was just uh, working on some merch stuff and then just JT and I just learning songs and jamming together and knocking the dust off a bunch of old songs and learning a lot of songs we've never played before, but it was fun. So yep, and now it's over great. and we're going to, we're going to learn some more and keep playing. So. <laughs> yes. It's over and we're still going. Now that yeah. you've, uh, now that you've demoed, it's time to go demo again, right? Back to skeletons recording process. It's never over. Yeah. Keep going. You just keep yeah. going. No, but yeah. I know a lot of, I know a lot of you on here bought songs. So thank you so much. And uh, we're excited to be able to donate all that money and that uh, it's been a cool project. So thank you. Cool. JT, what you been doing? I've been learning to fucking sing again, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like we, we have not been doing anything musical really since uh, February. You know, I've been strumming the guitar every once in a while, but I haven't been singing, singing like Hawthorne Heights songs, like loud, crazy. Uh, and the, the worst part is, is that this happens basically every time Mark and I are sitting down working on something. I never sing that loud, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to sit 
next to each other screaming at the top of your lungs uh, when you're just like rehearsing. So like leading up to it, I had not done anything high yet. Um, you know, I was, I was either doing the middle octave or uh, kind of the mid like falsetto-ish just to, you know, kind of work on it. Um, and then Mark and I, I think we stopped rehearsing at about 5.30 and that show was, uh, was at 8.30. So we, we were, were there, going. We were there to set up by 6.30. So. Yeah. So, so you we were, were all day, all day jamming. Yeah. All day for like. All night, all day. <laughs> we did, uh, I want to say like four rehearsals and four like two hour rehearsals. And um, the funny thing is, is for me, the hardest ones were songs that we, we play. You know, like Nikki FM. Nikki FM is the worst acoustic song of all fucking it's, time. It's close to impossible. Yes. You know, like that, that song, I should just, we should all just redo it and make it GCD and strum it like the way an acoustic song is strummed because no, that song, that song is just full of drum cues. Like the, yes, all the cues are drums and it switches between three, four and four, four. And I don't think we realized we were doing that when we wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The verses are in three, four and everything else is in four. It makes no sense. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. You're just counting the whole time and trying to stay, (laughs) keep on the together. Yep. Yeah, and when, when you don't have the drum cues, it's it's impossible. So that is what I implore us to do because we always need to play that song acoustic when we do something like that. We need to come up with, with a different version of that song that's kind of like how we do Silver Bullet or something like that. It is just a different version of that song because it's it's so nerve-wracking to play one of your most popular songs and never feel good about it. <laughs> and it's just you know frustrating I mean? like, to be like, how am I messing this one up? And then you just get in that and then it just keeps spiral. It's a downward spiral from there. But it is like, it's an impossible song to play without drums. It's on the guitar, we've always done, <laughs> like we've always done that to mimic drums because it's, it's the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, because we played 20 songs and we still have 40 more to do. Um, but like, I had no idea how long 20 songs would take. And I, I was pretty impressed because normally we don't ever play that many songs. And I didn't really run out of gas until we got to bring you back, which is was three songs from the end. Because yeah. that one's just a ball banger. Felt pretty good about it. Um, and then before that, like, so... Uh, because that was a big undertaking for all of us. You know, we all chipped in in some format from that uh, with the songs campaign. And like, so I was fishing a lot with, with Avery. So like, I wouldn't leave the shop and then come home and immediately start like working on that sort of stuff and freaking out and like overloading myself because that's when I start to get like panic attacky like when you're never, you don't have any downtime because you're just sitting there like staring at a screen or trying to remember something like something like that. So like that's been the way that I've been just taking a step back after the day is over and just trying to relax. And the same thing, like on the weekend, once it was done, 
the next day I was like, man, I'm not doing shit. <laughs> I'm not doing anything <laughs> oh, yeah. today. Well, it's a uh, mental, it's a mental overload. Yeah. 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 So, um, and you're constantly on the edge of your seat because not only is it a lot to remember and learn, but at the same time, it's acoustic. So it's basically two guy, two dudes sitting there naked, just hoping they get to the next one. But it doesn't matter if you get to the next one because there's 20 more after that. Yeah, at least I, I felt naked, but I f at least felt like trimmed up and clean because <laughs> we, we, had, we had cheat sheets and stuff like that. So we weren't left out high and dry with just your brain working. We did, we did the uh, extra research and everything which was good but um you have then to on, with that many songs you have to yeah yeah and on saturday i went fishing all day with avery that was kind of our uh just father daughter alone time uh for father's day and then i did some family stuff yesterday on actual father's day it was good right on. it was a good time what about you right on uh well in the spirit of diy the episode yesterday for the first time in, in my life i i cut drywall so i never cut, i never cut drywall before but i got a friend that is turning okay i'll make this short he has a garage that he's turning into a studio and it's literally a frame right now it's just a garage like from the outside it looks like a garage from the inside it looks like you need to build a garage so He's double walling, so he's double drywalling everything. Uh, drywall, spray foam, drywall. So I've been there twice. Uh, the night you got, or the day you guys did that benefit, I was over there, sweating. I was sweating for seven hours and then ate dinner there. Then uh, took a shower when I got home. I had the worst heat rash I've ever had. My entire, my entire face was like, you can't go out of the house looking like that. So yesterday I went back and uh, I just cut drywall and learned how to cut drywall and do math. And it, uh, it went not very smooth. Let me ask you a question. What you got? So double drywall, is that for soundproofing? Yep. Soundproofing. He's how, doing, he's doing drywall and it's right now we're doing the the roof. So it's like angles. It's a nightmare, uh, but he's doing drywall uh, spray foam and he's doing backer rod along the side of that drywall then he's doing spray foam then he's doing a clone of that first piece of drywall and then backer rod on that and then drywall on the outside so there's gonna be three drywalls but you have to fit it in the in between the bracing or in between whatever the boards uh, for that soundproofing then the last step is just drywall mm -hmm. but these are like puzzle piece drywall it sucks <laughs> it sucks <laughs> we worked we worked six hours yesterday on it and got four of them done i like it'll, to breathe it'll go smoother from then but i like to breathe in a little drywall dust i wore i went no Ooh. mask baby i went no <laughs> mask can't make me do it <laughs> no but i was just cutting with a cutting with a putty or exacto knife not really a yeah. box cutter and then you just smash it and then the only dusty part, which I had a fan blowing away from me, was I had like a thing called a rasp that Mark knows about that I never knew about. And you just grind it until it's until it fits. Oh, yeah. That's the only dusty part, but the it was falling down. So I went no mask. And I'm not sick today, so that's good. Yeah. But it's the perfect thing to do the day before a DIY podcast. But the funny part is his garage was 
um, I mean, I would consider it expensive, but it would be an extra $60,000 to have someone soundproof this garage. <laughs> and here's the best. Like, is, what, is wind up paying for it? <laughs> yeah, here's the best <laughs> part of it. He's going to have, he says he's going to have about $10,000 in materials, but that'd be, uh, oh, that's his guess. So that means 15. But um, he said also on top of $60,000, they're backed up for construction for like studio building in Nashville. They're backed up a year to a year and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh. Good luck, man. Yeah. So can you imagine be like, hey, I'll pay you 60 grand a day. You guys are coming by in 2022, right? <laughs> It'd be horrible. So that's what I've been doing. All right. Well, that's us out of the way. JT, it's time to kick an advertisement. Do you like scrolling and trolling on sites like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter? Do you like viruses and negativity? Well, maybe this product isn't for you. If you hate viruses but love emotional rock band Hawthorne Heights, boy do we have something for you. Hawthorne Heights The Mask, available in three wonderful logos, fits comfortably against your skin, and is even machine washable. Available exclusively at HawthorneHeightsStore.com and Jmart. It proves that you love great music and that you aren't a totally selfish, lame troll. Maybe it will turn you into a sheep, but at least it might keep the virus away from your newfound sheep face. Come on, be safe. That's good. That was, Damn, dog. I like that. But you went hard in the paint. You went so hard in the paint that yeah. I'm going to deem that speech as political. <laughs> you went hard in the paint. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. I'm They're just talking trolling. drywall. I'm talking drywall, dude. <laughs> They're trolling. By the way, I, I, had, trolling. I had no idea until you started that, that my segue to a DIY podcast and a mask advertisement was perfect. Completely accidental. Oh, yeah. It was a perfect segue. So yeah, so I'll, I'll get that one nice and like, I want it to be like really ramped up and like maybe like Matthew Lesko sounding. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. As long as you're wearing that, <laughs> as long as you're wearing that outfit. Do you remember when Definitely. we saw, when we saw oh, him? Yeah. Washington DC. Yep. Matthew Lesko. If anybody is a, uh, if anybody is bored, look up that look up that clown. He he was in the Riddler, and he was in an H and M, looking like a fool. I mean, you. I think that okay. I'm not going to say Matthew Lesko. This is not the weekly fight, but I'm not going to say Matthew Lesko inspired or started SoundCloud rap, but he wasn't. <laughs> That Definitely. suit he wore is the face tat of whenever that was. That was mid two thousands, something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, um, what an idiot! Let's get into the actual point of the podcast, and that is DIY. Uh, like I said before, it stands for do it yourself, and we'd all like to uh, kind of chime in and discuss. Uh, what we each think DIY is. And, you know, it's 
it's not as easy as just saying, oh, it's, it's when you do everything yourself. You have to understand what everything means. And you have to understand uh, that most bands do not operate like that. Most bands do things behind the scenes, but very few bands uh, at certain levels do everything like from beginning to end. Uh, it's a lot of long days. So we'll start with any of you guys who has a, an idea of what you think DIY means to you. I think that it doesn't, I see it as something where it doesn't necessarily mean of like an individual thing of yourself, whether it's you thinking of something or pushing the ball forward in any way, shape or form and not waiting on approval. We all know about those, those stories where you pass something up a corporate ladder so long that by the time it comes back down, it's no longer relevant. Avoiding that. That's what I think. Yes. Mark, sorry to, to sorry to, and sorry to make dude, myself go first. Dude, I'll go second. I'm cool. With it. <laughs> yeah. uh, to me, whether it's your band or your art or your business, uh, DIY is being able to tackle a lot of different aspects of things to further further what you're trying to do and whether that's like learning graphic design or learning you know how to do videos and stuff for your social media and things like that it's just all about how can I take control of pushing my art music business in a way where I no no one's going to do it any better than you're going to do it yourself as far as the amount of passion they're going to put into it and it's it's cheaper to do it that way. So sometimes you can't afford to always hire experts to do everything, but if you learn how to do it yourself, you're going to be able to do more for it. Poppy hit me. I'm hitting you. So for me, it starts off at punk rock. Like you learn how to take matters into your own hands. I think somebody said it already. Like you're not waiting on anybody else to make a decision. Um, it works. It works really great in the sense of if you have an idea you just implement it and you either fall on your ass or you succeed and you can kind of do that with everything from i mean booking shows making flyers making your own merch uh modifying your van like everything that you do it's like you don't have to ask anybody you don't have to wait on somebody to say yes or no like when you're in a band, you have to like ask everybody that's involved, hey, what do you think about this? But if you trust each other, it's like, hey, I'm going to do that thing. Cool, go for it. And you, you're not waiting for like your manager or your booking agent or if you even have one. You don't need that stuff. Uh, you know, in a lot of levels, you don't need that maybe ever. Now, granted, there's a, there's a downside to all of that. But I do think it just comes from being in a punk rock band and, and learning, you kind of want to know how everything works. And the only way you're going to do that is by doing it yourself. There you go. That's good. That's a good one. I'll put, I, that was so good, Poppy. I might put the, I might put the, the ambient music behind you. Mm, give like give me, a, give like me a little it. taste. Give me a little something. I'm going to make you president boy. Thanks man. <laughs> JT. Flavor. what you think? Uh, uh, okay. For me, I'm looking at it a little bit more psychologically. Um, I think that in business and in life, I think there's only two different types of people. People that are passive and people that are aggressive. Passive people would prefer to hang in the back and have other people 
kind of dictate the day. Um, and that's totally fine because we all can't be go, 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 go at all times. And then the aggressive people are, I want to, to get whatever it is I'm doing. I want to have control over that. And I want to fight every single day for it. Um, and that's what I think that, uh, the DIY is. I think that it is, it's working every second of every day, but having complete control of your life. So never having to wait for the opportunity to come to you, you always create the opportunity. Um, and you guys all kind of said a very similar thing. It's about not waiting around on somebody else. It's about uh, the reason that you're doing it yourself is because you don't have to have approval from somebody else. You just get it and you go. And that's one of the reasons that we became a DIY band again um, directly after the stories of, that I mentioned directly after skeletons, when we came out with, um, our hate EP and our, our hate trilogy is that we were so over climbing the corporate ladder. We were so over sending demos to the lowest person in the totem pole that has to reach the highest person on the totem pole just to end up with failure. You know what I mean? So what, we just wanted to rely on ourselves and our fan base and, and just as an experiment, see if we could do it. And you know what? It, we felt like we, were, we had such an anchor on us that when we first released uh, Hate, like, and we first launched our own pre-order on our own record label, I remember that being so gratifying. It was the most it, satisfying feeling I think I've ever had in my life. I remember us practicing and watching orders come in and go, holy shit. Yeah, people are actually buying this. And, you know, we don't have any, any massive dreams of being on the radio or anything like that. We just want our fans to be able to access our music. And that was the whole point of it. Like, one, one thing that you have to realize that in the DIY world, we realize that we don't really belong on the radio. Now you would all like radio money. We would all love to be like gigantic rock stars. But if you listen to the radio, they only play like five new songs. And then the rest of it is still just Nirvana. So like we, we have had to compete with Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, our entire 16 year career. And that song came out in 1994 and we're, we're not only competing with whatever is popular or relevant at this exact time period. We are competing with Nirvana still. I'm watching the chat and I'm watching Guzmano, by the way, your favorite, your name is amazing. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> but he said, I stopped listening to the radio years ago and then it's just same, 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 same. It's just that. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's an irrelevant platform. It really is. Uh, hence the hence the playing Soundgarden pretty noose for the fucking thirty thousandth time, and that's why we that's why we always talk about why rock is irrelevant compared to pop and hip hop, because pop and hip hop are about what is happening right this moment. What is the best song that's happening right at this moment, and then it moves on. It but moves, it moves fast. But there's also there's an underbelly of all of it too. Like there's like weird underground no i don't say underground pop because popular means not underground but there is and yeah. there's like underground hip-hop 
that world is moving at a pace you can't, the radio is too archaic to keep up with it. It's too slow. It is too, it's too dinosauric. It's too like, hey, let's see if we can get, this song's got legs, man. It's really climbing the turf. No, it's There are no, there are no legs. Yeah, there are no yes. legs. Get going. Um, but yeah, so like, I just remember, I remember sitting down and like, and the way that it worked is our, our, our album sold enough to be on the label, but they were trying to like, just cut all of our budgets and stuff like that. It was clear that they wanted us to not be on the label because they were trying to just cut their losses on everything, not just us. They had no money to spend. So we were like, we, we have got to get out of this deal or it's going to break our band up. So, uh, yeah, I just remember having that conversation with each other and saying, what do you want to do now? Now that we're out of this deal, what do you want to do? And we're all like, let's do whatever the fuck we want to do. Because, like, we just want to release this EP. Let's just put these songs together. Uh, Micah recorded it, so that was his, uh, you know, positioning in the band. And he'd been recording our demos since our very first demo that we sent to Victory Records. So, and, like, we all worked on the artwork. We all worked on... Um, doing the tour around it, uh, putting everything on iTunes, everything like that. So we all had to learn how to release that stuff very quickly. And this was before, like, I don't think Spotify was really happening then at that point yet. This was before Mark was, was really in the band. Yeah, because I had know, to learn like, Photoshop and be terrible at it. I, I learned Photoshop, and within three weeks, people were wearing shirts that I horribly designed. That wasn't fair to me. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, not that sucks. Fair. That sucks. Well, let's let's get in actually before we get in too deep to that because that's a good that's a good part of the conversation, Matt. That is that is down a little bit later in the line. Um, but let's move to what do you personally do in Hawthorne Heights that you would consider DIY? So let's let's go around the room again and talk about what what each of us's role is specifically in the role of do-it-yourself. Mark, I am forcing you to go first because you've earned it. All right. Let's uh, hear it. <laughs> How about you start? <laughs> Let's, Let's get the list it. going. Let's get it going. <laughs> um, I do a big chunk of all of our like uh, visual stuff for social media, a lot of like Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff like that. I do, I used to do a lot more of our merch designs now now we're kind of working with a lot of different artists but we still i do a lot of setting it up and tweaking things um setting using that to set up our backdrop artwork um basically anything that i can design or lay out i will do for us so we don't have to pay money to have it done um and that's just like goes back to just something i've learned over the years from other bands and stuff and not having money to pay for design so we just learned how to do it ourselves but uh so all the visual stuff, I do a lot of um, recording stuff for us, whether audio stuff, whether it's for our demos or um, working with uh, audio for like, if we needed to record like some liners for a radio station or anything like that, or turn anything like that in or an interview. Um, 
uh, we did actually did a lot of the audio for the stuff that recording for the stuff that ended up on bad or lost frequencies. We did some of that here. So that's recording. Um, I don't know. I do a little bit of video stuff, but mainly just for social media. And that's on par with like Photoshop and stuff. Adver like that. Advertising. Um, advertising. I've, I've, I've become alert in the ways of, uh, of advertising online, which is something that I knew nothing about until we had to learn, learn that for ourselves with our band. Um, I split a lot of the social media stuff with JT and we do a lot of the posting and I've, I've had to dive deep into learning about how that works. And as far as the algorithms with Facebook and Instagram and uh, what else? Uh, I did sound for us once in Hawaii. <laughs> sound guy didn't show up. So. Say, hey, save that story. <laughs> Same that right. story. That's that's a different part of the podcast. <laughs> All right, but I don't know. Keep you guys go. I'll think of something else I can chime in on. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy, hit hit us. Let's hear. Uh, mainly a lot of it's printing. Like I I print. Me and JT print our merchandise. Uh, anything that's complex or, I don't know. If it's complex, I'm probably printing it. And uh, I've been doing that for quite a while. And then, you know, on the road, I handle like our tour managing. I do merch a lot of the times. So I'm just kind of the, the guy behind the scenes doing those things. But really the merchandise is the main thing um, because it's kind of a, unless we're on tour, it's an all the time thing. But, uh, but me and JT tag team, you know, a lot of our stuff. But I, I feel like that's my role. Yeah, JT. Uh, me, I'm like, I'm, I'm what you call a jack of all trades, masters of none, specifically, none. <laughs> in, specifically in the, uh, in the tech department. But I, I consider myself like the, the idea man, the like, I try to be the captain of our ship and try to think of ways to continually push us forward. Um, because like we're not the type that sit around and wait for our manager to do stuff like that. We're the type that bring all the ideas to our manager and to our booking agent and say, this is what we want to do. This is when we want to tour. This is, uh, can you find anything for us in that regard? So like I would be doing stuff like that. Um, but I enjoy trying to help steer the ship during uncertain times. Like, always just trying to come up with something, the plotter, the schemer. Uh, and it's not always great. That's the thing is you have to understand that like for every brilliant idea that you come up with that like either nets the band income or gets us some sort of product or gets us some sort of like exposure, you're going to have to break some eggs as well. <laughs> you know, So like uh, it does, it doesn't always work out, but like, uh, and I enjoy printing the easy stuff that, that Poppy doesn't waste his time on, you know, the one color, two color stuff that's, uh, it's easy. Um, and, uh, you know, like basically what it boils down to is, um, the manager and the booking agent have so much bigger fish to fry and they have so many other clients to worry about as well. We are all living and breathing. Hawthorne Heights. So like, I just like to supplement what we are all doing. Uh, like Mark said that, you know, we split the, uh, 
social media stuff. So that way my voice is out there and, and his voice is out there. Um, and we all try to think of the advertising as far as like, what can we do next? What, what kind of t-shirt design do we need to do? You know, like I thought of sweatpants and masks and stuff like that. Like the, my role is to just try to think of, of things. I don't know what even you would call it other than my head doesn't stop spinning for some reason. And it gets me into trouble a lot. Um, but you know, it's, a, it's about trying to stay afloat. I don't know if you want to call that like I'm the paddler. I'm the paddler of the band to just try and like keep a, us, it's keep like us a, it's like a, it's not a supervisor, but it's in the realm of a, an overseer. I don't want to say overseer. That seems negative, but I don't mean it negative. No, no, it's like the captain of the ship. But you also, if you did nothing, let's be just reasonable here. We're on a podcast. You're the face of our band. So if you do nothing, you still have to, you still have to say it on the camera and think, because you just, <laughs> you know what? I mean, it just yeah. is what it is. It's just obvious. It just is. Back. Still got to sing 20 songs on Thursday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, while, I hang, like, while I hang drywall and nobody cared, yeah. like, it's fine. You're the guy that has to do that. It's well, like a... It, coordinator slash spitballer you spitball a lot of ideas out and yeah and you kind of see the, what works the worst thing is is like i will come up with a great idea that has to do with like doing these songs instead of just trying to sell a t-shirt you know what i mean doing the songs for the naacp fundraiser but then when we have to actually do the idea that i thought was great <laughs> sometimes it's like oh shit we got to play the 20 songs now yeah. And then it, it, you know, it's hard, but it, it did raise money and it was a great idea. It's just sometimes it's the hardest idea. And, it, and it's a thing. really good idea because we've luckily due to everybody on here and just in general, we've been able to not play any music and still hang out with our fans. So that was a great reason to play music, you know? So it yeah, kind of yeah. like worked out. It wasn't like we've done 20 acoustic shows and then this is another one. That's just the one. So, which is kind of, yeah. which is cool. Um, yeah. I'll go next. And, I think. And then Matt. My, yeah. You, um, my job changes all the time, especially with moving. Um, but I've done merch and all this shit. But right now my main focus is not the advertising part that Mark takes, but like the experiential part of the internet. So bingo nights. Um, it also is kind of a, it's kind of a product of not living in Ohio anymore. Like I have to, to carry any weight, I have to do something online obviously, or I'm driving five hours every two days. But I also think that sort of experience, experience part is important as well. So I'm just trying to focus, laser focus on that. Um, and I've learned, I've learned a lot, <laughs> like all of it is. I've also like learning podcast editing. I've never fucking done that, but you just fucking figure it out or, or you don't. The scary thing is I have uh, on the last podcast we did, I have it saved in three places in case the original got deleted. Cause I was just deleting certain parts. I had so many cuts and chops in there. I'm like, if I hit the wrong button, it's all gone. And I'm it's just back to, I mean, it took me like, it took me in between eight and 10 hours to edit. So I'm assuming from here on, it'll be a little less. But uh, yeah, just stuff like that. Like I just care about the internet. Like that's where I think my focus is best. 
because I think it's, I think it's, I probably think it's more important than the uh, evolution of everything than everybody else, but I don't know. And that could be because well, I'm insane. <laughs> me, me personally, I think that it's a, everybody is necessary because we're all kind of doing different things that have to work in harmony. Like the shit that you're worried about, I'm not even thinking of. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way whatsoever. I mean that in a positive way. Like my brain is not there. It's that's not good. That's of, good. It, I, I agree 100%. My brain is not thinking of that stuff. When, when you uh, say stuff, little spoiler alert for everybody, when you say stuff, Mark and I are just thinking logistics. I know we are. <laughs> like, we're just like, oh my God. Sure. Which is good. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have that. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. you got to have somebody say, we should do this. And then somebody else say, is that even possible? Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Real quick, it's, real quick. It, I think the most important part of DIY, the way our band works, the most important part that allows DIY to even work is all the things you don't do. Like, I don't print one shirt but I have full faith that it will get done correctly because of trust. If you don't trust somebody, the trust is a big, as big of a part of a DIY in a band as doing the thing, in my opinion. Exactly. And that's something that I kind of said is if you're working in a band context, you have to have that complete trust that what they're doing is a better idea than paying somebody to do it or asking somebody else to like come in and be part of the fold and i do feel like we all work really well together like when you're like hey i have this piece of music or mark says i have this demo or jc has has his idea like we all kind of know like all right you can do that like Mm. i believe in that and and yeah there might be like a couple things like where we like ask each other their opinion on it but at the end of the day, if Mark's like, oh, I, re- I recorded this song, we know it's going to sound good. Like, it, there, there's, there is a lot of trust here. And that, and that does make it work. Yep. And I, lo- I love that when we talked about DIY, nobody even mentioning writing songs. I love that. Because no. it's, it's the because most important part, but it's like, it's the part that's just, that there. it's just the part that's there. It's like, we don't write that. our own songs. We, we pay for that dog. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Ghost writers, seven writers per song. Oh. <laughs> I'm editing that out, Poppy. I don't want anybody getting the wrong idea. We absolutely, <laughs> we Sarcasm doesn't work in audio. Yeah. You know, what's, what's crazy is one of the things that we had to do, um, when you're not the latest and greatest and hottest band, you know, so from 2004 to 2007, it was hard to get away from Hawthorne Heights. We were just, we were one of those bands that was, it was like kind of at the center of attention. Uh, When it, when 2008 hit and we were starting our downturn because metalcore was starting to be, to really make a comeback. You know what I mean? Like singing and sc- singing and then screaming was not enough. It reversed. People wanted heavier and heavier and heavier. And we, that was not our band whatsoever. Uh, that's really when we had to figure out what the hell we were doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we wouldn't have been able to, to weather the storm. Um, and we did see, we saw a lot of uh, what, what, what I consider the worst time during the music that we've all created was because all these like weirdo, like 
internet cheap ass managers kind of started taking a hold of the younger bands and it never they never said hey i think you should write some more songs it was always like hey you guys need to work on your look you guys mm. need to have scrims you guys need to have lights well you, you guys need the to reason have... the reason that that is is because that stuff you can fix tomorrow like yes so that way it's it like oh we put on new clothes man that manager's a genius look at us yeah. like look at that photo man we're looking sharp now write good songs <laughs> is like a you just throw it out into the ether and hope maybe good what is good there's so many like things if you're just like dude you guys should wear like cooler pants they're like man what a genius that guy is <laughs> I guess we shouldn't be wearing sweatpants to our uh, job. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, that was just, that was a really weird time. And, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like all these, like, all those bands were listening to people who didn't, they, it's not like they had this insane track record where, like, just come with me, kid, I'll make you a star. They were just listening to people who I have no idea how they even got in the game. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like, hey man, I've managed the Eagles for 35 years and I believe in your band. I will teach you the ropes. It wasn't that. It was like, hey man, I heard you on the internet. Uh, I'm kind of a manager. You want to work together? That's why you got those results. Well, eventually you realize, I mean, I don't want to make it political, but I will. Uh, like, those people are failed, are at, at, at most failed musicians. Those managers. A lot of times, yeah, at yes. most, at least they just like music. But it's like politicians right now saying, uh, like I was just listening to a podcast, this guy's got a jujitsu gym and he's allowed to open it as long as everybody stays six feet apart. It's like, well, that's not, jujitsu is rolling like with other people. Like that's literally the exact opposite of what that is. So it's like putting those, like those politicians are like the managers. They're telling you how to operate business. They've never owned a business in their life. They fucking have never just never yeah. done it. Don't know what it is. Don't know the concept. They'll be like, you'll be fine. Good luck. You remember those, when that's we, a manager. That's a manager. Yeah. yeah but do you, do you remember when, uh, when we would go on tour and all the younger bands would like try to ask us for advice. And the first thing that we would do is say, all right, who's your agent? Who's your manager? Uh, and what do you want to, what do you want to do in the industry? And they would always, they would always talk about their manager, but their manager always had a full-time job. And then their manager was like a manager after he got off work. And I'm like, why are you hiring these people who aren't managers? Right. Just give, give your, give your dog money. I mean, who cares? Like you just give your uncle money. Yeah. Give, give anybody, any, you know, yeah. yeah. But like, if, if you want somebody to work for your band as much as you work for your band, they have to be working for it full time. And that's what DIY is. We don't stop. Like, you know, we're texting each other all day during half of this stuff because we have to get stuff done. Otherwise, you'll, it'll fall through the cracks. Um, and once the ideas are coming, they don't stop. You know, like you can't just be like, okay, let's just not think of our band right now. Right. And that's why you, that's why you do need the off days and the, you need to be able to turn it off to a degree, but like, it's just like with anything, if you have the idea for a song, you pick up the guitar and you write with it. You know, that's just, that's how it is. But yeah. I'll give a perfect example right now. 
we have been trying, I won't get, explain this, the whole situation because it's boring. We have been trying to give someone that worked for us money for three weeks. All we needed was a PayPal address. It's taken three weeks and we just got it done today. Just trying to give somebody a little bit of cash. Like, okay, we owe you money. Cool. Uh, hey, manager, can you get a hold of this? It took weeks. We don't have yeah. time for that. Well, I mean, we do have time at this point. We can't play shows. But why not just move the ball? Like, I bet you we've moved the ball forward more than every other band I can think of. Because we're constantly, we're, I bet everybody else is just in limbo or whatever. But we're, I feel like we're like, working harder than ever on making new stuff and making this and doing this and this. I feel like it's busier than going on tour. Yeah. And you have to, otherwise you're going to sink. And that's, that's, that's one of the biggest fears within DIY though, is that if you don't work, you know, 18 hours a day, how are we going to stay afloat? Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit, but yeah, you have to like, you have to like really get after it. But there's a good, there's a, there's a good part of that too. Accountability when you're doing yeah. DIY is so much easier. If, if a manager, if you tell a manager to do something and they push it off onto somebody else and then they push it off onto somebody else, you don't know if four weeks later, nothing got done and you have no idea what happened to it. If I say I'm going to do something and I mess it up, that's my bad. I mean, it's just so much easier to move forward. Yeah. It's just so much simpler if somebody messes something up or does something good. Like you guys solely without my help by far, except for printing posters, but I don't even count that you guys, we decided on doing a charity show. We decided on how we're going to do it. It was for sale in a day. And then you guys did it and you can follow through with it. There's no, it's just, you just do it. You know, like, it wasn't like, yeah. when can we do this? Let's schedule a call. And then three days later, we figure out a rough timeline. And then we double check with our agent and this and yeah. that. And then three weeks later, we announced the show. And yep. it, we're on, we're on a conference call saying, when's everybody available Tuesday? Cool. It's Tuesday. When are you putting it up tomorrow? Cool. Like that's it. Yeah. Ah, Kevin's is Emory. Yeah. Emory's the same. Like, yeah, they're awesome. They're crazy. They're Emory busy. They're doing stuff. I mean, then they're doing interesting stuff that, yeah. For Emory, I think the most important thing about that band and what, I mean, we might be trying to follow in their footsteps unintentionally, but in, they do interesting stuff. They don't just yeah. do yeah. random stuff. Same. I think it's, I think. I think it's important too, that a lot of bands I know that came up DIY, that once they kind of got a good break and got management and booking and all that, they got really comfortable with letting everybody do everything. And I think, um, it doesn't have to be like that. And that's one thing I love about our band is because we, we, we've rode lots of waves with the band, but like, even with, we did so much DIY over the last 10 years, but even with now we have a rad manager and a, a amazing booking agent, but we're still so hands-on and kind of steering our own ship with yeah. what we do. And I think it's, it's an example of just because you're being successful and have other people on board on a team that want to help you doesn't mean you have to give up doing it yourself yeah and there's some i mean there's some strategy in using a manager like there's some things that they're for but yeah. for like deciding on a t-shirt design yeah exactly like no i, I we know I we wonder, know our man better than that i wonder like are, are we kind of like a manager's dream band or are you know are, yes. we, are we like an abnormal band that 
is we, ha- so, we have to be. It's got like we're, it's we're be so, so abnormal. We're so hands on still to the point where like a lot of times we don't talk to our manager like you know like some bands would be like hey what are what are they going to do for us we're kind of like well we'll just do it and we'll clue them in if we need to like that's yeah it can't be it can't be normal yeah we're we are so abnormal that and we're so normal at the same time that like a lot of bands just kind of spin their wheels and fuck it up and their manager it's hard to deal with their manager because they're so like wild Whereas we are like, hey, this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to do it. And if the Slipknot tour comes along, we'll just say yes. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need, like you said, we don't need somebody coming up with t-shirt designs for us. We don't need that person reaching out to people and then reaching back out to us. We will just do that. You do things that we cannot do. The same thing with our booking agent. We'll say, hey, we want to tour with census fail, figure out a way to make it happen. You know, like how can we do this? Or we want to go to Australia this year, figure out a way to do it. Uh, we could, so like, we'll come up with the idea of what we want to do. And then we will pitch that to our manager and our agent and say, can you figure out how to get us to these places? Um, they're more, it's more, they're, the thing they provide is more big picture. Yes. Which is like, which is necessary, but on a day to day, it's just not necessary. Like we need, we need somebody thinking about that. We don't need someone holding our hands on the way. Like, no. Yeah. And, and, and that you both said something, JT said something. And I think Matt, you did too, about like having a manager like when you know the local band asks you the smaller band like oh do we need a manager you don't need one until you can't do something and that's when you actually bring your manager in like okay this is out of our reach you have a bigger reach the big picture thing can you help us here's what we want to do can you help facilitate that not like hey come up with all the ideas if the band doesn't have the ideas they're never going to succeed you don't need a manager to be a band. You need a manager to help pull, you pull weight. grow. Yes. Yeah. Like, they, oh, I, I represent this band. Yeah. Give me. Yeah, they, me they pull weight. They have like a power thing between yeah. them, which doesn't involve making t-shirt designs. <laughs> it just, oh, no. Like it just doesn't. Uh, yeah. Like, but also if we, if, if we hold, sorry, but if we hold all of our, like when Mark does an advertisement ourselves, our management could probably do that, but then they would, they would hold all the statistics for that too, all the analytics and all the, and all, if Mark has that, we can just make better, quicker decisions on our own. Like Mark can set up, Mark can do an ad in the back of the van with all the analytics to get the best amount for our money that we spend. And that's, I trust Mark more than somebody else. I mean, I know Mark, like I don't trust, I'll trust a manager's assistant for that. I don't know who that person is. See, and yeah. Guzmano trusts Mark, so it's all right with Guzmano. Uh, it's it's good enough for me. <laughs> um, another thing, let's talk about uh, let's talk about DIY when we're touring, because that's totally different than what we're doing right now, which is scheduling a podcast, scheduling a bingo night, scheduling a uh, what we need to print for the web store and stuff like that. Those are all totally different things than what we would normally do. Um, and when we're on tour, let's pretend 
that our booking agent has booked us a tour. Let's pretend that we're actually on the Bayside tour right now. What is tour okay? again? It's been long enough, I forget. What is, what is tour? I'm with, let's <laughs> I pretend. <laughs> so we, we are a DIY band and we are booking or we're, we're, we're on tour right now. So this is what's gonna happen. We load in at noon. Let's start from there. Go By around ourselves. the room. Yes, what are, we, what are we doing at noon? Well, I'll start since I'm first. Um, I'm waking up. Uh, <laughs> now. I'm waking, I'm waking up and then I'm getting in the shower at the last possible second. And then I'm getting in the van and saying, I won't be saying this now since I'm making my own coffee, but I would always say, where's the nearest Starbucks? <laughs> and then I just, I don't even, I'm not sure if I need the caffeine, but I definitely need the cup. I need the thing to hold to make me feel like, okay, beginning of the day, drive, boom. Then we drive or I drive and then we eat something shitty on the way. Cause that's always the option. Then we, then we get there. Then what? Yes. We get there, which the reason that we're there is because Poppy has gotten us there. You've driven us there, but Poppy has gotten us there. Gotten us there on time. I've just gotten us there. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that we're always on time. Well, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. We're probably we're closer close. than most. We're good. We're yeah, good. We're, we're, we're close. Okay. But now it's time to load in. So all four of us and are loading the, uh, in. Yeah, the other one person that we have with us, which is probably a merch guy. Um, Maybe. Now, now let's, you never let's, know. Back up, let's back up a tiny bit. On this tour, we were not going to bring a merch person because if we would have done the shared vehicle, we wouldn't have had space. So it would have just been the four of us, no crew, nobody else. So the four we of us would have been doing everything. Everything, which means we load in gear. Uh, somebody starts setting up the merch, counting the merch. We were going to do a VIP. So we got to pop the tent. We got to set up BFJ or is it G? It's J, J. right? That's J. J, baby. J. BFJ. Big fucking Jenga. Big fucking Jenga. This kind of falls in the category of when do-it-yourself goes wrong. <laughs> it can. It, it absolutely can. It is a lot of work touring is 12 hour days and that's the only time i'm like god i wish we had somebody else doing this like i love having a merch person because it means you have some free time when yeah. you now if you can't make it work i love selling merch but i fucking hate it sometimes because you can never leave you're just there um well to clarify we we would bring a merch person if it was a normal tour and we had the room, but we were, yes. we were looking at sharing a bus with census fail and there would only be four slots. So we wouldn't have room to bring a person. For, at least for we don't think so. Yeah. yeah. But for, you know, yeah. A lot of times in the States we will have either Matt or one of our other friends um, yeah. sell merch for us. Not me. Which other Matt. Not, you ain't going to find me at merch. And, and another, another Matt. Loader. We know a lot of Matt. I'll be loading if anybody needs me. <laughs> Matt is our master packer. He he knows how to sort the van out. I know how to uh, Google addresses and get us from show to show. 
JT books hotels every night. Uh, Mark is always in the back working, running ads, making sure that uh, people know where the heck we're going to be. It's, uh, it's, and, and that's the other thing. Every day while we're driving, somebody's working. We're always yeah, working sure. in the van. Like yeah. bands that like, if you're doing your own stuff on the road, like I'm the technically the road manager, like somebody's working on something all day long. Kind of all of us probably. Yeah, it is kind of, I was just thinking about this is just on to me. The DIY ethic is the only, well, I won't say only, we might've thought of it, but we were going to do big fucking Jenga for the VIP. I'm not sure, which my favorite thing, this whole quarantine has been playing bingo. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's a great time playing bingo with everybody. I'm not sure bingo would have happened without, without us thinking of Jenga. Because that was like, oh, let's do a game like Jenga. Yeah. Oh, what about what's yeah. on what's an online game? So I think that the whole reason that we're thinking of this stuff and the wheels are just turning and because I mean I brought up Jenga because I was like we've we've hung out with people so many times. Let's play a game. It's fucking fun. Let's why not? We can still hang and, out and play a game. And you and you brought that up when we were in Germany, right? Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so, so yeah. too. But yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure with that, if you're like, hey, manager, can we figure out something cool to do for a VIP? We'd probably still be waiting on an answer, but it might not have turned into bingo, which might not have turned to another thing. It just keeps flowing and going. Yeah, and cool. going, off, going off of what a Kevo is saying in the chat, it's like, we are trying to think of different things that aren't just like, hey, come get your picture with us. We'll sign a poster, shake your hand, move on, then you're on your way. Like, we're trying to think of things that by doing it ourselves that as the four of us, we can come up with ideas of like, how can we do a VIP that's not only fun, but is different than, than every other VIP we've already done after touring for 15 years, you know? Yep. So, I'm sure we'll play Ohio's for lovers acoustic on another VIP, but yeah, we weren't, but there, just not that there. one, just not that one. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. it's just easy to keep the ball rolling when we're just figuring it out and shooting from the hip. And, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit different when we're headlining a tour versus being a support band on a tour. Like you, yeah. what you get to do is a little bit different. Yep. My favorite is the joint VIP we did with Emery where we oh, split yeah. it. That That's was so time. cool. I don't that think was... I've heard of anything like that before. Cool. You know what? That Emory VIP was ahead of the curve. Remember when we started, we realized we could, if there were like really big days, we could do the knuckles on people and it would go a little faster <laughs> yeah. so we could play our songs. I think the knuckles was like us predicting a pandemic. It might. I think we were ahead. I think we were ahead of the curve rather than we could have flattened the curve because we were so far ahead of it. I think you're not far off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're like, when we're doing this, we're doing this like while we're on tour, we're working 12 hour days. When we're home, we're working 12 hour days. That's what it's like to be in a DIY band. Now, I'm not talking about comparing us to a band like the Foo Fighters who are millionaires. They don't have to, if, if they want to sit at home and hang out with their friends and their family and stuff until all this blows over, that's great. They have absolutely earned that. We are not the Foo Fighters. So we have to approach this like a DIY band from the Midwest. And we have to fight and claw for every dollar that's coming to us. And just like other like, you know, normal Americans, we had our income cut in at least half for the whole year. I'm more than at that. least half. 
Definitely more yeah, than because, that. Way more than that. Because we had two big tours that both got canceled. So yeah, you're right. We'll probably make a quarter of what we should have made. So we have to do things like this. And I can't imagine if we were just waiting on our manager to bring us these opportunities because these opportunities are not there. We're creating yeah. them. I, I was um, going to say, I was going to mention, you just touched on it. Like there's a reason us and Emory are probably in the same thing right now. We were this DIY, I mean, not intentionally, but it's just how it fell. Everybody gets the role, but we were doing this before this. If you didn't have any DIY ethics in you at all, I don't know how you make it through this. Well, like I have that, no, I, I don't think it's possible. I'm not sure you, I don't think you can figure it out when it's all on the line. Like, no. Oh. <laughs> and, and here's, here's like JT saying like the Foo Fighters, like th they can just chill bands on our level where we've, we've been so fortunate. Like I quit my job, you know, two and a half years ago to be full-time in the band. Like the band is our livelihood. So for bands at our level where it's like, okay, that's what we do. You, you're in a band, you go play shows. We're having to like really uh, use everything that we've learned to keep us going. The small bands that are just like doing it, you know, for they're just a band. They're nothing more than a band. They're probably just chilling too. They're probably like, okay, we're just going to wait until we can go play shows again. But I don't but think they're making any, any money. They, doing they, it. They, they are not making any money. They don't, they didn't rely on the band for money. So yeah. for us, we're a band that literally relies on our income to live, you know, well, to pay our bills. I mean, if you think about it though, on a, on a big spectrum, I bet you there is not, I mean, there, there is one band I'm sure, but there cannot be many bands of our level that have in-house screen printing and in-house design. There's just no. no way, no possible way that everybody has that. If we no. don't make it, there will be no bands. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the best thing about the, the screen printing and running it that way is that we can keep our minimums way down and print to order to a degree on most items. And like, we're not having to say, hey, do you guys want to do a new t-shirt? Well, shit, we got to order a hundred of them or it won't make sense. But what if we only sell 40 of them? You know, we don't have to live that life because that's a, that's a much harder life to live uh, when you're relying on somebody to manufacture your goods for you. And then you have to focus so much on just selling them. It's like a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged yeah. sword because somebody might have to wait a week to get something rather than Amazon for two days. But we can offer so many different things constantly because of that. We haven't put all of our money into this one shirt, printed mm -hmm. 500 of them, sold three, and now we don't have any money to make another shirt. Yeah. So we can like, the shipping and the made-to-order takes a little more time, but it's, it's all made in-house. So I think that's cool because you know you're getting something made by somebody. Exactly. Yeah, and, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's okay. one thing we haven't really touched on is that uh, in addition to the printing, we run our own web store and that's something that we took back a while ago and we've been doing. And I, I can't imagine being right now with everyone's income cut down and everyone's pretty much relying on their web store to be in a position where a lot of bands are, where they're paying like a merch rate to have like some of these bigger web stores print their stuff. And then you got to pay them to ship it and do all that. And yeah. 
They're it's lopping not... off. They're lopping. Uh, they're lopping off probably a quarter of the profits. Yeah. For for that, for the manufacturing and for the uh, fulfillment side. Yeah, but um, like today for the podcast, I was like, okay, well, let's. I've got to get these emails out to everybody. So, Mark, can you uh, make the podcast not for sale at six o'clock? He said, yep. And then we just did it. If I had to go through a management for that, I mean, my lord. Yeah, and, and and I just wanted to like just one last thing for the for the listeners, like if the people that are in the chat, they all know us. They know we print our own merch. They know we ship it ourselves. You know, but like for anybody who's listening to the show, um, you know, like oh, it's taking a little bit longer. Uh, it's just because we're doing it ourselves, and we have a lot going on. Uh, you know, so we're handling it, but unfortunately sometimes it takes us a little bit longer to get it out because we're bouncing back on a few different things but yes i i think that that's a that's a good time to to move to um when diy can be a bad thing mm -hmm. like why you know like it, we're taking on too much uh because let's say that we have all these plans and we're ready to carry them out but then we decide we want to do the songs benefit. Well, that pushes some of the other things that we had planned. It pushes them back. Like we, we can't be focused on shipping orders that have already sold. We have to like delay that for a minute. And like, it's not like all of our fans realize that and understand that or anything. They're just like, where's my t-shirt. So like sometimes doing all of that can, um, can be bad news um, but in general with the stuff like that like yeah it takes it takes a few extra days but the amount of variable that's a terrible word variety the variety that we can offer is so much more because of that like yeah we you guys have the ability we have the ability to order 20 of something put them up sell them and then get 20 of something else whereas we're not we're just not marrying a t-shirt for five years, you know, like, yeah. it, which is good. It's allowed us, it's allowed us to do lots of like fun, fun projects and short run things where we're like, well, I don't know if this, this isn't a standard black band t-shirt. I don't know if this is going to sell, but it's kind of like, well, we're printing it. Let's try to do something fun and put it up there. And I mean, the, the, the emo sailor hats that we took on the cruise, there is no way we would have taken a risk on that if we couldn't have printed them in house and not taking that big of a risk. There's just no yeah. way you can, your risk, risk taking is so much more possible when you yeah. can do, when yeah. you can do stuff like that. Definitely yeah. like this, like the sweatpants. I bet those would cost us $25 in cost. Yeah. And then we'd have to order, you know, like 50 of them or a hundred of them or something like that. And like, that's, we probably would have been like, well, that's like $3,500 and we would, we don't we know if we're going to get our money back. You know, yeah. like, so it's good to be able to, to kind of run our own pre-orders and pre-sales. Um, yeah. Let's get into, uh, I'm going to do another ad right here. So this will be the bumper for the ad. And then we'll get into um, a couple of ideas of how when we tried to do something DIY, it was great. Or when we tried to do something DIY, it was terrible. Do you like drama? Well, we got into a multi-million dollar lawsuit with our record label. 
do you like scandal? Well, our record label tried to get their street team to hide other artists' records in Best Buy so ours would sell, or so we've been told. Do you like comedy? Well, our drummer wanted the whole band to shave our heads so we could get magazine covers. Do you like an underdog story? Well, we were on Conan O'Brien, and our label booked us at a hostel in New York City. Do you like romance? Instead of going on a honeymoon with Nikki FM, JT went into the studio to record If Only You Were Lonely. So there you have it. You are going to love If Only You Were Lonely Homeschool. Get a ticket to our class-style discussion about our second album, If Only You Were Lonely, and relive the drama and scandal with us. Seats to the class available exclusively at HawthorneHeights.com and Jmart. All right, so you made it through the second advertisement. Congratulations. You've made it this far. Uh, as a little bonus for you, here is JT playing Nikki FM, and when that's done, we'll be back to the show. Let's go down now Into the darkness Of your thoughts Hurry up now They're waiting for Us to fall I fall to pieces now A broken mirror In your life Silencing Back and white Falling forward as She walks towards the light I know I'm outside of your window with my radio I sleep with one eye open So I can see you breathing I follow you just home Until I can hear you Breathing Exhale Falling for 
Only You Were Lonely is full of drama. Our album had, our, the Sons of Black and White had went gold. We're all living high on the hog. We just bought houses and then we fuck it all up. It's great. <laughs> to everybody that was at the, uh, at the first one and it was all uphill, come to the second one. Bring it back down to earth. <laughs> we'll bring it back down to earth. Don't worry. We'll show you exactly why you love roller coasters. Yeah, we'll bring you right back down. We were on the chicka 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 here on that part, and boy, here we go. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good time, um, which is one of the reasons that we went DIY eventually because we were it was one of those things that we just got tired of and we put, we couldn't deal with it because it was never about the music. Um, so let's talk about what's a time in our last like decade of doing this DIY. What's an example that each of us can think of where being able to do it ourselves and knowing how to do all of this stuff, what is a time that you can personally remember like being like, oh, we'll do that, no problem. Don't worry about that. I'm gonna start, I mean, for me it's printing our merch. Like I 
got good at it beforehand. Uh, you know, the only time we'll ever have somebody print our merch is if we're overseas or on tour and we can't do it. But like, that was probably the best thing I ever learned how to do. And it just kind of happened that I fell into this and that that's just been a great thing for us in general. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. I don't think without our current band members with the skills that they know, I'm not sure the old band could, or the original band could have existed. I'm going to guarantee it actually. I think we've been done. Yeah, for I sure. agree. I agree with that. So with just uh, and that is nothing. I mean, musicality. I mean, of course we can all play together. We all write together. It's all cool, but just on a, the things, Getting people, things, done. things people bring yeah. to the table, I'm not sure it was mm -hmm. possible, you know? Yeah, on how we have to operate now and what, Partly, has, pushed yeah. to, what has pushed us to success over pandemic the past ready. years. We'll call it pandemic-ready band. To be a yes. pandemic-ready band, I don't think our original lineup would have had what it takes. I agree. What about you, Mark? Um, one thing I'm proud of that we do ourselves so we haven't, haven't touched on is we we play a lot of shows and we've played a lot of of regional shows at other venues but we at one point uh decided to start doing our own local shows and we throw a local festival every year and we do for the dayton is for lovers fest and we do everything for that we book all the bands make the tickets poppy does the door jt does the merch i run sound in the side room and matt helps me we we help stage manage and uh and we promote it like a festival and get local press. And uh, it that's something that's a lot of work, but it, to me, that's a, a huge payoff because I'm just proud of how it, it's sold out every year so far. So Yeah, that is good. It's a sweaty night. Yeah. But that, that is like, that one kind of teeters on the fence of good and bad because we, <laughs> we literally, we, you know how it is. We get there at about noon and mm -hmm. we don't leave there until four in the morning. Uh, and make sure that everything is done perfectly. And uh, it's, a, it's a labor of love, but since we do know how to do all that stuff, it, it is great every year. Me, I'm gonna, name, I'm gonna name the time that Mark McMillan, earlier he was talking about how he's a badass sound guy, which he just mentioned he did in the, uh, he does the side room in uh, Dayton is for Lovers. But one time we had the opportunity uh, we go to Hawaii like every two years, and this time it was canceled for COVID. So we'll, we'll, we will go next summer instead. But one time we had the opportunity of not only going to Oahu, uh, we got to go to Maui as well. And it was at a Hard Rock Cafe. So you think this is probably pretty reputable. Well, we show up there and there's no sound. There's nobody to run the PA, so no sound guy. And there's nobody to run the door. So Hawthorne Heights thrives in these situations. <laughs> we brought our own merch. Poppy could run the door. He knew exactly how to take all the tallies, to, take, to sign off all the guest lists, to take all the money mm -hmm. uh, in at the door, and then how to calculate the gross at the end of the night. I don't remember what I did other than perform that night, but I think I helped sell merch yeah, you did merch. And, you sold merch, and yeah. we we both we both tried to figure out how to get rusty gear to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it. But, I mean, it was just the rustiest gear I've ever seen in my life. 
Well, because because of the sea, uh, it was an open like an open air venue, and the salty air eroded all the metal off of everything. But like I remember thinking, like we get there and the promoter uh, Jack, who is like one of the best dudes in the world, he's like you can tell he's kind of stressed out and a little bit like embarrassed. And I'm like, Jack, we got this. Trust us. We don't care about this stuff. We'll get this done and it'll be a blast. Thanks for bringing us to Maui. And uh, for us, it was like, it wasn't even nerve wracking. It was like, we're going to get to play Maui. So let's just do this. And then at the end of the day, we're going to have four days chasing sea turtles and shit. (laughs) So let's just do this and it'll be fun. And it was a blast. And it the made show was it. awesome. Yeah. It was so yeah. much fun. It so much punk. fun. Those people it, were so stoked. And I remember we showed up and we were like, we assessed the situation. We're like, okay, all right. Is there a PA? Okay, there's no staff. And we all basically got in a huddle and we're like, you got that, you got that, you got merch, you got the door, put your hands in, break, go. And then we just got it done. And, <laughs> we, and we sang through a guitar amp, by the way. I just kind of loved it because we just we just kind of like walked in and and really took over that bar. Like we were just like, okay, it was the A team. It was like, like we were the. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a situation that every other band would have been like, "You're fucking kidding me! You don't have a sound guy? Fuck this! I'm out of here." It was just that situation, and we're like, "Oh, no sound guy. We could Mark can figure that out." And then Mark, of course, probably go. I don't remember exactly, but probably like. I mean, I don't really know what I'm. I don't really know what I'm doing. Got it. And it sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Mark you set yourself up for failure, but you're always successful, so it works. Mark out. is Mark is so good at taking the most like ridiculous sound situation. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing, and he always gets it done like, every time. <laughs> AKA our practice space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The best but, part is, is the staff and like everybody involved is just like oh yeah what do you guys want to do we can like refund tickets and like we can still comp and we're just like hell no let's go let's <laughs> play the show <laughs> I, yeah. I lost my voice that night it was great i loved it the thing yeah. i remember from that night is uh those two people that told their story about moving to maui i'll never forget it oh yeah and they said we were having a bonfire and we got drunk and we said we should move to maui and then the next day we woke up and sold all of our stuff and moved to maui I was like, what? That's badass. I've never made plans when I was drunk. That actually happened. That could be, hey, want to go to the mall tomorrow? Never happens. They moved to Maui. Yeah. Um, Drunk at a bonfire. I'm like, damn, well done. Wonder if they're still there. So to me, that was was an important moment and solidifies why we do this and why why DIY works for us because – being able to, like me, I'm, uh, I, I'm a rambling man. I want to play every possible place we can. And if there was an opportunity to play Maui, I want to be there. And if it means that we're doing every bit of everything to make it happen, that's perfect because I want to be in Maui. And, you know, we got three days vacation out of it, and it, and it was incredible. Um, JT would about- trade his right arm for a free hotel room. I definitely would, <laughs> yeah. no, but it's but it has to be nice. I by the way, I said right arm because you're left-handed. I don't want to take that. From <laughs> you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I don't um, want to take that from you. Can you think about a time where DIY went oh so wrong? Can you think of a time where maybe we 
we bit off more than we could chew or something that just did not work out. Can I give, um, before Mark goes, I'm going to give <laughs> you my easy answer. This okay, is my okay. lame answer. This is my, this is what I would consider my passive answer. I, I know that DIY can go wrong, but if you learn something from it and you learn what not to do, then it's just a, it's kind of, you're just moving on. I mean, we don't really have time to laser focus on shit we messed up, really. I mean, yeah. we're just, on, we're on to the next one. It doesn't matter. If somebody's got a genius idea that's going to bring in billions of dollars, we're still going on to the next one. Like it, yeah. almost no time. Okay, Mark, hit us with, hit us with the realness. Uh, but we're all by the way, really quickly, Mark, sorry yeah. to cut you off, but full disclosure, there's only one answer that I will accept during this conversation. So you guys are really just spinning your wheels, but go ahead, Mark. Uh, a, f a few years ago, we were, I don't know, it was maybe three years ago now, two years ago, we, we were trying to think of some, some new things to offer our fans while we were home for a while. And we decided, we're like, well, we write songs. And we've got this nice studio at Mark's house here. We could we could record some songs. So we decided we should do uh, um, put up a limited amount of songs that we would write for fans for Valentine's Day, and it was cool. But we but we underestimated how much other stuff we had going on, and then how close of a timeline till we had to leave for touring. And somehow the touring we tour so much that there's never a really downtime. Like when we have downtime, there's other stuff scheduled that needs to be done. So essentially what happened was we wrote a lot of cool songs, but then we had to put it off once the tour started. And then it was just, it was just hard to chip away. Once you get back, once you get in tour mode, it's so hard to get to go home and be like, Oh, remember that. Remember we have to finish these three things. It's like, oh. yeah. And it just, it was a situation where we were like, man, when are we going to have time to finish these? And it just took a long time to kind of chip away at all of them. And it was also kind of a bummer. We realized that we don't want to write songs for other people no matter what yeah. the circumstances, because- We won't phone it in. We'll spend a ton of time on it. Yeah, that's that's the problem is we, we really want to give it our all and it's really hard to give it our all sometimes. Um, all right, Poppy, do you have one? I just think that it's a general biting off more than you can chew. Uh, I do think that we tried to do, I don't think it was terrible. We tried our own lighting rig a couple of years ago on the Bad Frequencies Tour. <laughs> and it was fine when it was hidden and it was done well, but it was the most rigged up situation. I used to make, I used to give bands shit on our, on our sh shows. I'm like, uh, you have a 15 minute set and there's a 10 minute changeover. You do not need your lights. Uh, I should have told ourselves that even though I built the lights and I showed Matt how to use them, we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, we shouldn't have <laughs> but, done that. But, it was but, lame. But, but we, there's a but, reason we did it. There's a reason we did we, it. We shot that music video. John had the lights. He got them to work. And we're like, that's yeah. cool. That looks easy. Yeah. They yeah. work. And then we ordered it. And then it's like, what, what is this thing? And, <laughs> and, and at the heart of it, we were just trying to like set a vibe yeah. that's all we were trying to do well and that's that's yeah. the hard thing is like we we want to up our production for our shows because we've never not since i've been in the band not since i've been touring with you guys there's never been production and when you don't have the budget to do it it's like okay well what if we try this and we did and it did not go well 
Oh, I've so been I've like been that. a pro, I've been a projector artist in my day. Yes, you have. <laughs> I've made a, I've made a oh, one yeah. and a half hour video on a for a projector because What's I'm quali- I'm qualified <laughs> for that, I guess. <laughs> hey, you did it yourself. Um, I did it myself. Right. <laughs> All right. What what's the answer? What's the answer you're looking for? It was nice of you guys to try, but the only real answer is the all day fucking hang on Warped Tour. That's it. I said. I I said. I'm not down for this. (laughs) I'm okay. So I got fucked because they all had my phone number. (laughs) You JT got fucked because of course they want to hang out with a singer. And that was hands down. That was the worst thing we've ever done. The problem was not the fans. The fans are always great. They're always incredible. The problem is it's impossible given our schedule to, um, to be engaged and dealing with exhaustion to like be able to do it right. And we always want to do everything right. Um, Dale Duke in the chat. Dale, you're always welcome. You just come on by, boy. Oh, yeah, buddy. So, yeah, so it was just a matter of, like, it ruined a lot of our days of being able to, like, hang out and enjoy ourselves. Enjoy uh, watching bands with Warped Tour and stuff like that because it's just really hard to to hang out and wrangle, like, you know, 15 people every day. And um, well, it was just pro- hard. It was the- very hard. The problem with it was, was not like you said, it was not the people doing it. It was like somebody's late and so, and then pop it's Poppy's job to meet them at the front and the front of the warp tour is not always 20 feet from yeah. the bus. It's generally a mile and a half from the bus. Yeah. So Poppy would have to walk there and do that. And then we're like, we have a signing and Poppy's like, well, I can't be at the signing cause I've got to, go on this fucking 40 mile hike. And then it was just, it was just, it's really, I mean, the idea was great. Hanging out was great. The logistics were a nightmare. That that was the problem. And not to mention it's nerve wracking playing in front of, you know, five, 10,000 people. And now like you're worried if whether a fan can come to your meet and greet because you can't find them. You're you're not, your eyes are not on the prize that yeah. they should be on. And then you're also thinking about like, is this person having a good time? Like, so you're kind of worried about like, yeah, are, are you giving them a great experience or are they like bummed out? And that's making you as a performer focus not on the show, but on making somebody happy. To me, like, I, I honestly think that like we care a little bit too much and we want to make sure that everybody is getting their money's worth and everybody is having a good time and yeah. everybody is feeling good. Um, and I, I think that that's really a really hard scenario. Had it been one of our headlining tours, it would have been a lot easier because we would have had control over every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, be like uh, coffee shops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll sit there and just, We'll sit there and drink coffee with you all day and hang out and have fun. That's totally cool. But when you also throw in a revolving set time every day, a revolving VIP time every day, or, you know, like all these things, it was just absolutely, it was just a nightmare. Yeah, and, It's, it's um, a scenario like if we have to play at 1130 
and Poppy's emailed them and said, be there at 10. Well, that's too close. Like you just can't yeah. go chase someone down at 10 and be on stage at 1130. And then now that person's missed the show. Now it's just weird. Um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I'm reading what Dale's writing in the chat and it's like, you got like, there's a lot of things offered that you just can't, unless you're just hanging out with the band, you can't do at Warped Tour. I mean, you're just in a parking lot unless you're not, you know? Yeah. If so you're saying, gen, like, if you're gen pop, you got nothing going on, but the show. Yeah. So we see it <laughs> yeah. at a different, we see it as like, I mean, Warped Tour, while it's cool, it is like, I mean, it's literally you wake up and then somebody basically looks at you. If you're like me, I'm just kind of like, Hey, what's the schedule? Somebody tell me. But it is like, hey, at 11, we have this. At 1, we have this. At 1.17, we have this. At 2.14, we have this. And it, I mean, it's just that old. It's just that constantly every day. But so it's it, almost it, like, how do, you, how, do you even, how do you even hang out with somebody knowing you have something to do every 26 minutes? Yeah. It's just <laughs> a wild we, card every day. What we did is we basically manufactured a anxiety attack and a panic attack for each of us every single day because you look at the schedule and you go well that's there that's there that's there that's there and then it's the end of the show and like i can't think of when i'm gonna sleep well you just you just can't plan things when there's a revolving schedule like yeah it's impossible to plan anything like i you can't even plan going to the bathroom at that thing yeah so that's the time that we learned okay DIY, we uh, we fucked this one up, man. This DIY, is, this is way too hard. I'll choose die. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, another thing was, uh, does it make you like wh when we're on the good side of DIY, and you really you see the fruits of your labor? You see something like the um, I'll give I'll give one of Matt's ideas. The uh, Every time we're at like a meet and greet or I'm doing the merch, somebody is going to say, hey, man, I used to listen to y'all in high school. Somebody's going to say that. So one day on Warp Tour, this, this is a, an all-time best DIY banger story. 2017 yep. Warp Tour is when it was. Um, I, keep, I mentioned that. And Matt goes, let's make a shirt of that right now. Uh, so it's like, oh shit, you're right. So we, you know, what far doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, we call our guy back home and we say, hey, we need, we want these shirts in two days. Can you get them to us? Yep, not a problem. So we went from idea. Uh, we went from me being annoyed by people constantly saying that to Matt being like, nah, that's funny. Let's do that. To us having the shirts and selling thousands of them all in like literally two days. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. one of our most classic shirts now. And, and it also, and it also opened up the idea that, I mean, I, I think we're better at poking fun at ourselves while taking ourselves seriously. So sure. it kind of opened up that door of, of that. Like, I'm not sure the emo shirt would happen without that. I'm not sure. There's like all these like, it's kind of like carving yeah. your way through like these well, things. You try them, they work. Cool. Keep carving, keep carving. It's being able to uh, pull back the curtain and not be so serious at times. But because we do everything DIY, we didn't have to ask anybody's permission. All we had to do was call our guy back home who uh, 
runs the print shop when we're out and say, hey, get these to us. And then we got them and it was like, holy shit, this is a hit. Keep printing them. Yep. Um, but I think, but yeah. I think that's kind of like, I mean, I, I think we can, we can make fun of ourselves while taking ourselves seriously just because that shirt was a success. Like that, I mean, you show the market thinks it's funny too. And then it's like, okay, cool. You can, we can kind of poke fun at ourselves and we can kind of, we, we're like, we're like straddling this line probably because of that shirt, to be honest, where we're like embracing the emo thing fully, but also like kind of mocking it at the same time. And it falls in this like window where it's like cool to do both. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we've always been a band that is like, we're fine being called whatever we are. We've never been, we just want to be a rock band, man. We've just never been that band. Like some of these people, hey dude, you sound like an emo band and you're telling everybody you're a rock band. You should focus on sounding like Buck Cherry then because that's a fucking rock band. We should, you know what? I'll come up with a shirt design right now. Hawthorne Heights, blue collar emo. Done. <laughs> I like it. Done. Uh, um, I'll get on it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. No, Mark, I need it yesterday, you idiot. Fool. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Let's, do, do you think that it makes a difference are you more proud of something when you did everything yourself and that doesn't mean just in the band when you like let's say that your uh, ceiling fan stopped working is it easy to just call an amateur electrician or can you watch a YouTube video and be like hey man I fixed that that's badass well I've been through both in the last year I think it only works if you actually succeed. For sure. Like if no, you fail. If you learn. You have to oh, fail a lot. Then you eventually succeed. Then it's actually worth more because you failed. Okay. But what I mean is if, if you fail so badly, you have to call somebody and pay for it. Then it's like, ah, oh, shit. If you do but if you watch learn, it, you go, got it. Uh, yes. I see what I messed up. I yeah. am. I love doing shit myself. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I uh, put above, above the bed, I, put, I, had a, I was looking at the light and I was like, okay, I was taking out an old ceiling fan. I'm like, this sucks. Called a, called a guy. He came out and did it in three minutes. We shot the shit. It was a good conversation. It was worth it. But it was $150. I just changed out another light downstairs, watched a YouTube video, did it for free. I felt way more accomplished by not calling someone, but the job got done. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. You do feel a sense of accomplishment when you figure something out just Great. in general. I mean, yesterday I was doing drywall. I fucked up the first three really bad. think I figured out the math. Then the last one like fit almost perfectly. And I'm like, yes, like you just, that's it. <laughs> you just do yeah. it. I think anytime you take something from thin air, like an idea in your head that no, that no one has thought of in the context of what you're doing, and you're able to do it from start to finish. I think that's literally like when a caveman created fire. I think being able to do that within your either your personal life or your professional life, I think that that is why I like DIY so much. Like I get a general like like I get such a sense of accomplishment when we can figure out something that nobody else is doing, try to capture that part of the marketplace and try to make something work for our band that people aren't really doing. I really enjoy that. I think that it's trying to innovate 
in a tiny, tiny way. And I don't mean like we're like this, some, some cutting edge band. I just mean coming up with new ideas that we haven't seen other people do. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, okay, Poppy, I'll ask you a question. I think I know your answer. What's your favorite salsa? One out of your garden or old El Paso? <laughs> Newman's own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just, there's a sense of accomplishment. I mean, you of just course. Like, I, yeah, yeah I, I love it. Well, it's because you, it's because you put, you put, you put time, time and thought into something yeah. and that's worth more than $3 and 59 cents with a credit card. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's going to take a little bit longer, but the ascent, the sense of accomplishment, even, even though it's just like, Oh, growing a vegetable or whatever, or like, yeah, you ain't, my you ain't like watching it grow. It's just, exactly. <laughs> you're not like, but, but like I built my bed frame and I'm like, well, I, I can buy one, but why not just build one? I know how. Like, right. and I, and I can build it exactly how I want it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's fantastic. I, I do like what JT said there. Like if you take in, like if you watch a video on how to do something, that's one thing, like, cause you're learning a skill set. But if you have an idea and you see it all the way through to completion and you did everything like that's, that's incredibly satisfying. Yeah. It's, you yeah. know, you're, you're without, whether the idea is just a modified version of something else, that's, that's extremely powerful. And that's going to make you just want to do more of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember sitting in, I mean, this is for our band, but I remember I was sitting in Publix parking lot ready to uh, just buy groceries. And we were having that conversation about doing the benefit. Well, like, Hey, what should we do it for? I mean, we literally started from ground zero, like a week and a half ago. Um, and we're not really, the fruits of our labor aren't our fruits. We're going to give the fruits away. But that like, we took songs we wrote at certain points of our lives and turned them into something new. While I was in a Publix parking lot, you guys played the show. That money's going to go to good. And that's like just this, it's satisfying to, to see that kind of stuff go from a phone call on a Wednesday afternoon to something that actually happens. Like yeah. it just is. Rather than like, hey, can each of you give me 10 bucks? I'm going to donate it. Like that's, that's yeah. not as satisfying as like putting wheels into motion live on like in real time and then moving the Kind of hashing out the idea, deciding how we're going to do it, like putting all that yep. kind of parts you know, in motion. I, I think a lot of it also has to do with um, we all grew up in punk we are used to like DIY punk aesthetic and ethics because that's what we used to listen to. And most of us still do, but like we didn't listen to like enormous bands, you know, like, and we weren't just trying to be like an arena rock band. Like we started in DIY rental halls because that's like, you know, where a lot of our favorite bands started as well. Yeah. So let, let's move forward. Uh, what do you guys want to? What do you want to talk about next? I'm trying to look through. Let's 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 fight. Let's ha- I want to see what this fight's all about. Oh yeah, yeah. The weekly oh, fight. Weekly fight. Okay, weekly fight. Weekly. I'm gonna Put start it. Put up your by the by the way, I have a joke planned. I was just I was just off for a second because I have a joke planned for somebody somebody that's here tonight. So uh, math session's gonna happen. But here is my here's my weekly fight. Record labels, I know we're on one. I get it. I'm a hypocrite. Got it. Record labels are worthless. 
well, <laughs> worthless. I mean, I guess I'm actually, I'm not going to put my two cents in because I've already done it. I'm going to pass it on. Well, I know that we self-release three EPs and don't get me wrong because Hurt is one of, because it was DIY from everything we did about it other than recording it. We recorded it with Nick Ingram, but the artwork, everything about that was us. Um, I'm so proud of that EP, but I know on another end, signing to a record label again, how many more people we've gotten to reach with bad frequencies and lost frequencies. So one argument would be that a record label is, if done right and you're on a label that that clicks with you and knows knows how to market your art and knows how to get it to your fan base, it's a good thing because I think, for example, bad frequencies is is similar to hurt, like in our writing style and kind of what we're going for, and it was able to reach a much wider audience than hurt because yeah. we signed to a record label. I, I agree. I think that like I rest somewhere in between. I think there's only a couple labels out there who are yeah. absolutely worth signing to that have the, the band's best interest yet their labels best interest as well. You know, like, cause I, I think that everybody needs to make money or you can't be in a band and you can't run a record label. So I think that yeah. you have to have that, uh, it has to have a little bit of commerce to it for sure. But, uh, and we've never had any problem with pure noise. They're great. Yeah. They, they're awesome. Yeah. They're great. You know, they, they, I'm not, I'm not shit when I'm, my question is not shit talking or my statement. Of course. Not shit talking course. pure noise. Cause they're great. Pure noise yeah. feels like DIY, but with them doing it with you and the best. Yeah. yeah they, they, they let us do whatever we want. They, they give us advice on everything. When we say, this is what we want to do they will be boldly honest with us mm -hmm. and just say that part of that idea is cool. This part of this idea is cool. And those two things suck. So <laughs> don't do those two things, do these other two things and you'll have a great time. And you know, they're, they, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, they also talk to us like we want to be talked to. Like yeah, for sure. Some labels will be like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Let me talk to Bob. Like, which is just dumb. They will say, nope, don't do that. <laughs> Which we like just deal with that better. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I used to think a record label was kind of like a, a bank with really bad interest uh, yeah. until, until pure noise. And, uh, and, and I think a lot of it is because they're punk, like they're punk kids at heart. And <laughs> They kind of think the same way we do. They yeah, just we're on the same page label. with them. We're on the we, same very page. much. They're they're just whereas we're a band and we write songs and we go perform. They're a record label and their focus is how do we put out a record like, and how do we reach more people with it. They're just honing their craft. They just happen to be a, a label that's you know putting up money to make money. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it's like, it's also good to have somebody, I'm not going to say pure noise is only concerned about money, but let record labels have to be concerned about money. That's their business. For sure. So um, it's good to have somebody worried about money in that instance, because we're worried about songs. We want somebody to be worried about money, but yeah, I just I, think I with think the internet, the internet, the distribution chains and all those things, 
I mean, I see record labels as a way to get money up front for recording, and that's about it. I think that, like, when the record label and the band, like, when we don't want to make them broke and they don't want to make us broke, I think that that's the only way you work in harmony. We're not trying to spend all their money and they're not trying to undercut every one of our ideas because we're not trying to spend all their money. Right, um, yeah, exactly. We're, we, we understand their game, which allows them to, to trust us. We're not trying yeah. to buy $50 million videos because we can do one for a thousand bucks. Like that's just, and they're like, wow, you can do that for a thousand bucks. That's awesome. Let's go. So they trust yeah. us with their money and we don't try to spend more than they trust us with, you know, like we're not, we're not like that. Yeah. I think they so. get our band and also just, they kind of came up in the same kind of scene and punk and DIY themselves. So it just works. Yeah. But I do yeah, think and- when it comes to distribution, I mean, I always, the guys hate me for this, but I always reference hip hop, but man, the things happening, distribution's a joke. Like, I mean, the number, I, mean, I don't want to bring him up because he's a troll, but the number one song in the country right now has no radio play, no label, no nothing. Just, just YouTube hits and some, some shadiness and some weird character stuff and the number one song right now has no label, no album, no release, just a music video, no radio, no nothing. And it's, it's Takashi 69 don't give him the play, but he's an idiot. <laughs> but he does have the number one song in the country off nothing. I mean, it's, he doesn't need it. He's got the story and the weirdness and that the internet's just dying for weird. So they go to him and that's it. Like, it's, he's been out of jail for three weeks. He's got the number one song in the country. Like, it, what a weird, I mean, it's, it's insane. I'm not, I'm not going to jail for our band. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, he's just, it's too big to, to avoid making it number one. It's just very strange because back in the day, you would see Island Records would, would have the number one. Like, just end of story. Um, that's it. But it's just, it's a crazy thing that just, you can... I mean, the distribution, you can do CD Baby, TuneCore. You can, there's all these forms of distribution. There's mastering services that do distribution. You can get your shit. You can write a song today, master it tonight, and have it on Spotify tomorrow. If you're doing it yourself. Now, if you're passing it through a label, uh, they'll need a band to tour to release it. <laughs> so it's just, if you want something out there, now's the time. So for everybody, if you want to release something, today's the day. Actually, tomorrow, because today is almost over. <laughs> but it's possible now more than ever. But I don't think record labels are worthless, but I just wanted to say that to start a fight. <laughs> I, think they're I, more, like I think they're more worthless than ever, but I don't think they're worthless. And I think the modern day landscape kind of weeds out the ones that are doing it right and, and hustling, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Pure Noise, in our experience, Pure noise is run like a hustle. Like yeah. they, they understand what they're doing. They run it with like, when we sit there at that table, we have normal conversations about like, yeah, about like, Oh, here's where that band fucked up. Here's where that band did something <laughs> awesome. Like, it's just like, it's like people talking in the Denny's, you know, it's like, 
which by the way, I would never eat Denny's, but I'm <laughs> Waffle House or, or die. All right, I'm going to do math, and then we're going to do HH Never Does. Then we're going to talk about next week. Then we're going to roll because this is already over. Like, uh, not over, like the podcast is over, but over time. <laughs> Actually, let me do, Guzmano was asleep. I'm going to do something for Brian. Bring him in? What are you doing? I'm going to bring him in. I think he's already. Is, what, do you he's mean he, what do you mean he was asleep? The chat, said he, he went to, chat said he went to bed. Brian, what's up, my dude? Hey, what's up? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> How are you? Going? How are you? I, uh, I've got something for you. Um, I'm going to, we're going to do a prize tonight. There's no prize. What? But I am going to, I am going to do something for you. Hold on. Oh, snap. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. We have a thing called the wheel of names. <laughs> and we, we like to see who wins. And Brian Guzmano has never won, but I think tonight might be his night. Wait, so, did you shuffle it twice? I'm going to I'm going to shuffle it three times and then All spin. Right. So Brian, <laughs> let's see. Tonight might be your night. Here's one, two, three. That's so funny because it doesn't move. Here we go. <laughs> oh. Brian. <laughs> Brian. Oh, oh. God, it was so close. Did he win? <laughs> he won. <laughs> Brian, you won. You know, you know the drill. I you finally, finally did it. You finally won. You have to thank. You have to thank somebody. I mean, I gotta, I gotta thank Kevo for making sure it's here and present, accounted for. Of course, I gotta thank the Academy because without the Academy, no such award would be possible. Um, and I got to thank all the viewers. I mean, without the viewers, Luthmana would be nothing. <laughs> yeah, there would be nothing. You would have never got the text to come back. <laughs> I, I never would have had anyone to lose again. So. I had it. I had it <laughs> locked and loaded. And I, was, I felt like tonight was your night. <laughs> and I had a good feeling about it. But you never know what the Wheel of Names is going to do. But we had to. You never know. But it, it, it all worked out. out. Another, another name there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Brian. I had to give you that. You could roll, but I had to, right, give, I had to give you one. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. I had, to, I had to do that. It was too That was early. awesome. That, that was, was awesome. <laughs> it, was too, it was too easy to go to Wheel of Names and make Brian Guzmano a winner. We had to kill the streak, quite frankly. Um, okay, so now the next thing I want to do is math problems. Now I've got them all locked and loaded. Yeah, congratulate. The chat is congratulating Brian. It was a well fought victory. Um, I'm going to do math problems. I don't know which grade these problems are from, but I know they're not. Uh, Elon Musk would laugh when I read these. So it is not uh, some, we're not giving brain busters here. Let me ask you a question. Who's answering? I'm going to give you all one. And the whole goal, I'm going to spotlight your screen so the, oh, chat, shit. So the chat can watch you think. Oh, my God. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be better video than audio, but it's <laughs> Poppy's worried. I'm really worried. <laughs> I'm out. Okay, JT, you're first. All right. Are you ready for this? I am. Show your hands so you, you have no phone in your hand. I'm allowed to use a calculator, aren't I? No. No, right? no calculator. This no. is all brain. This is okay. all brain. This is all brain. All right. Okay. We're going to see. This is, this really is, 
we're going to see how good we are. We're, we're pretty good at DIY and we're pretty good at doing stuff, but are we good at basic math? So here we go. No. JT. No. Yes. 12 times two minus 12. 12 times two, 12. The answer is 12. <laughs> the answer is 12. Good job. I wish I need to get an applause thing so I can. Yeah, I was, I was actually waiting for the wheel of names applause. Yeah, I, was, I should have just logged, locked that. Okay, JT, you're good to go. You're good to go. We saw the wheels turn. Mark, here we go. Are you ready? Are you no. <laughs> so I, I can't even write the numbers down. You can't even write it. You, right. can, you can do what JT did. You can say it again in your head, but. You know I'm going to forget it before I get to the problem. So. If you forget it, which is, a, <laughs> which is a way to get more time. I understand that. But uh, I'll read it to you again. All right. 30 minus 9 divided by 7. 3. Boom. <laughs> Whoa. Fuck y'all, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've got a bunch of winners tonight. Here we go. Poppy, it's up to you. It's all coming down to you. Here we go. You, are you ready? No. I'm a mess. <laughs> Here we go. 12 times 5 plus 9. 69. <laughs> <laughs> my boy. <laughs> oh my god it's uh it's funny i didn't even i didn't even give you that because of you it was just you all, had that it was all coincidental you were gonna answer that no matter what <laughs> yeah. well i am yeah i'm gonna be like five plus six 69 okay perfect okay so we're all i think that we're all everybody's brains are still working we're all good to Ish. go we're all good to go that's it Okay, well, that was math this week. I'm going to do that. That was awesome. Because I, oh, like, I feel like your heart started racing until I read JT, and they're like, okay. <clears throat> but I promise to never square root anybody, and I promise <laughs> to, ever, to never squared anybody, because I don't even want to figure that out. And you'll never need that in life, so we don't, we don't do that. We don't do things we learned in school we'll never need. Um, okay, the next thing is... Hawthorne Heights never... Hawthorne Ooh. Heights never. Mark, it's all you, baby. This is a, a segment we've been doing that squashes rumors of things about Hawthorne Heights in the past. And last week, we had the pleasure of squashing um, a song that people thought we had that we never had. This week, I would like to simply state, Hawthorne Heights never wore eyeliner. Not that there's anything wrong with, with bands that wear eyeliner, but... I feel like for the last 10 years of playing in the band and, and, and helping out with our social media, I see lots of comments that are like, man, you guys need to grow your hair back out like you used to back in the day when you guys had swoopy hair and eyeliner. And no one in the band ever wore Not eyeliner. us, mate. Not us, mate. Nope. I like when it used to be called guy liner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a Pete Wentz thing. I think that went with Pete mm -hmm. Wentz. But yeah, never, we never happened. Never wore eyeliner, actually. Dress like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball shorts and free shirts. <laughs> Basketball wow. shorts of, of, we could have worn green basketball shorts and red free shirts and been like, hey, you look like Christmas, but it was all free. So. Yeah, I think Dale has a good point. I think it's around when like my chem was kind of blowing up too around the same time. And I think people just kind of confused. If, if you were playing what people considered emo punk and you had <laughs> sweepy hair, you looked like my chem. Yep, for sure. 
Poppy, what were you gonna say? Nothing. <laughs> 69. Uh, Poppy, no. I really appreciate you giving me the the end of the podcast when I edit it. Because I'm gonna loop that I'm gonna cut that out, copy it, and put it at the end. Nothing. Uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> I love that. All right. Awesome. Well, I think it was pretty good. It was good. Yeah. it was good. Yeah. We're, we're wrapping up. Um so really quickly, um, to keep this podcast going, uh, if you could just check out our web store, it's hawthornheightsstore.com. Or if you want to be a total hero, we do have a PayPal link, uh, and it's just paypal.me slash hawthornheights. And you can also donate on Spotify. There's a, a charity button on when you're listening to Hawthorne Heights on Spotify. But uh, so we can continue to do all this stuff please either donate to the podcast. Um, we want to get this thing growing and make it a nice community about, uh, you know, about peace, love, and uh, emo music. That's all we're trying to do. So uh, if you can kick us something, that would be great to just uh, keep us here. That's all that we ask. Um, and then next week, we're going to talk about something that we all absolutely love on episode number three of our wonderful new podcast. Uh, and we're going to talk about coffee. We're going to talk about every, every bit of it, about how much we love it, about how much we're working on a new version of Hawthorne Heights coffee. Um, so we'll spill the beans for you guys right now. Ooh, good. Nice. <laughs> yes. Nice. We'll, we'll spill the coffee beans for you guys right now for, uh, being our video subscribers. Uh, thank you guys very much. You're the first to hear about it, but we are working on a brand new Hawthorne Heights coffee. That's one of the reasons we want to talk about it on the next podcast, but, and there's a lot more drama involved with coffee than you guys realize because a lot we all have different things that we like about coffee and different things that we hate about coffee. And, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go through Hawthorne Heights, the Starbucks years. We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to talk to you guys about that. Uh, but we are serious coffee drinkers. Now we've, we've grown well past the evil empire and we're ready to talk about flavor notes and everything that speeds up our heart rate. So on the next episode of Hawthorne Heights Gets Emotional, we're going to get emotional about one of our favorite beverages called coffee. Dude, I have an idea I just thought of in the spirit of DIY. What? And it was because you said spill the beans, either on purpose or accident. I think we bring in people next on the next podcast, and we have them roast us oh the roast <laughs> dude if we could have people come in and do a quick roast during a coffee podcast it would be fucking hilarious <laughs> i agree i think it makes so, the most sense so everybody be on the lookout you guys will know about it first we're going to launch a coffee we're going to launch other things involving coffee and we are going to spill the beans and then you're going to roast the beans for us. Just another roast happened in the chat. <laughs> Boom. <laughs>
that I, that has to be that has to be the name of the coffee. Well, I have I have it's pretty damn good. I mean, I have a bunch of different ideas, and this is where DIY could get us into some fucking trouble, boys. <laughs> but I have I I have a lot of different ideas that we need to go through, and just another roast is definitely one of them. Oh, that's all. I mean, that's. <laughs> Yes. Go, by the way, good luck beating it. I hope your yeah. ideas are great. Well, we'll have a conference call and we will get it going because we're going to have it happening. Yep. Well, you know my vote. Just another roast. That's as good as it gets right there. Yep. <clears throat> awesome. Well, that sounds like the end of the podcast to me. Just That's another it. fucking roast. I do have to end it. I do have to end it on regular stuff. This podcast, when you hear it, subscribe to it uh tell your friends about it all of that all of that stuff that you guys know how to do um five star ratings yeah spill spill the beans if you will (laughs) (laughs) so let it all happen uh spotify we're good to go itunes still figuring out artwork trust me if you go to get emotional with hawthorne heights it is the (laughs) new one it is the old artwork i've got to call reva that works with emory to figure out what the hell that is going on with that um matt they fixed it on apple oh man look at you kevin hey. kevin knows more about uh, kevin what am i doing tomorrow what do i have to do tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> perfect and that t- uh by the way on <laughs> apple that took about a week for them to fix that i have not touched it since i applied for some new thing for them to change the artwork um yeah that took them a week so apparently they have really slow internet but the Speaking. artwork has ch- is changed. Everything's good to go now. According to Kevin, I'll check it as soon All as right. we're done with this. But according to Kevin, yep. Speaking cool. of sp- no. speaking of spilling the beans, everybody, before this is over, uh, copy that Twitter link that Ian Baldwin put in there so you can open it because it's definitely uh, someone filling a PC with beans, closing it, and hiring a repairman to fix it, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice, sweet, perfect. Um, <laughs> All right. All right. That's well, awesome. we're gonna get we're gonna get bonkers about coffee. Thank you guys so much for uh, paying five dollars to be a part of this video cast. We hope you will do it every time. Please invite some friends. We want this to grow organically, and um, it, we will work on getting it sounding better, producing it better, and having a lot more fun with you guys. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for coming out, guys. We will see you soon. Apple did not fix our image. Oh. Fuck you, Apple. Hey, Kevin just sent me this, and he says Apple did fix our image. So This is oh. drama. This is drama that I did not sign up for. You got to refresh uh, your cash. Yep, refresh fight. it, boy. <laughs> all right, see you guys later. Have a great night to all you here. Have a great week to all the people on the internet. See you next time. Bye. Love you. Poppy, what were you going to say? Nothing. Poppy, what were you going to say?
Nothing. 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 Nothing.